From WFIU in Bloomington, Indiana, I'm Kate Young, and this is Earth Eats. Food connects to, for me personally, it's something that I connect with in ways that are hard to describe at times, perhaps because I've been away from my family, from, uh, from India, and America has become my home. But when a place becomes your home, I think we still keep the things that mean a lot, you know, and I think food is one of the ways, you know, it, it's beautiful memories, uh, nostalgia. This week on the show, we're in the kitchen with Kashika Singh. She teaches Hindi and Urdu languages at Indiana University and shares another aspect of Indian culture, namely food. That's just ahead, so stay with us. Thanks for listening to Earth Eats. I'm Kate Young. Food connects people. This is a concept we've explored many times on this show. This week, we're paying a visit to a little house on the edge of the IU campus, where the IU Food Institute has been situated for the past eight years. It's the site of monthly cooking sessions called In the Kitchen with Kashika. My name is Kashika Singh, and I am a senior Hindi-Urdu lecturer in Dhar India Studies program. I've been teaching Hindi-Urdu at IU since 2013. I'm originally from India, a small town in Uttar Pradesh, Varanasi, or some people also know it as Banaras or Kashi. There's a story behind my name. So my name is Kashi Ka, the one from Kashi. That is the, the city where Holy River Ganges flows. My parents named me after the city Kashi as I was born there after eight years of trying. So they thought that was the right name for their first daughter. I like my name. I feel it connects me with who I am and what the city means to me, even from so far away. I still hold the city in my heart every day. Varanasi is a very religious and spiritual place. Every day there's some festival, something happening that is uh, in the core of the city. So every year, thousands and thousands of people come and take a holy dip. It's a kund. Kund is more like a step well. And the place or the kund is called Lolark Kund. So the idea behind is that as a couple, you have to leave everything. You have to you have to be born again. So couple will go and take a dip together in the kund and then they leave everything there. All the bangles or you know sari or any clothing that they are, they will wear a new pair of clothes and they will leave the old pair there. They also choose one fruit or vegetable. They say that if we have a child, if we are blessed with a child, we will, we will never eat that fruit or vegetable ever. Even today, if you go, you will see so many people taking bath there and then piles and piles of clothes and lots of fruits and vegetables and usually not one of the most favorite 
fruit or vegetables you will find a lot of goats and pumpkins and you know stuff like that yeah it had been almost 8 years that my parents were trying to have children and it didn't happen yeah so i was born you know they took a dip uh, as a couple and then the next year i was born so on this day kashika is making three dishes rajma a spicy bean dish seasoned basmati rice called jeera and a simple bread called bati kashika starts by introducing the ingredients around the long table in the main room since some of the guests are her hindi urdu language students it's another kind of teaching moment for them let let's say the names in hindi okay and hindi and urdu they're same okay so garam masala garam masala jeera jeera namak namak kashmiri lal mirch kashmiri lal mirch haldi haldi dhania powder लहसुन Yes. 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 Y
in the foundation of everyday cooking in India. It could be simple as rice and cauliflower and potato, aloo gobi or uh, you know dal or rajma or egg curry. You know things that are easy. And also the idea was that students can make that, and it also is nutritious meal. But she also keeps things interesting with special tools and ingredients uh, from her homeland. Fine, fine, crush it, but we want to crush it. And this is modern pester. This is dear to me. I brought from India and my mother-in-law gave it. So, okay, let's see. And the sound reminds me, you know, the sounds, you know, are something that is very nostalgic. So this is something, this is like... You know that it's tea time. You know you're making something. Yeah. Like in every Indian household, you will find this. And then it's like in the morning, in the evening, you know. And okay. Okay, that's all. Every semester, I have a segment about food. You know, and, and, and the culture around the food. So how my cooking sessions are, I, I make a list of the ingredients uh, for the dish we are preparing with my student. We go over the cooking terminology, uh, the, the context or the culture behind. And then if we can shop together, we would do that. Otherwise, I shop it. Or this past semester, I've been cooking at the IU Food Institute and it's a wonderful space, wonderful people to work, and very supportive, so they shop for me. And then I am there on Fridays, and students would come, and then we we share. You know, so everybody is there, and then we prepare. Everybody sees, you know, students can see the steps. And then I'll have all the basic spices, and they are as little as five main spices that we can easily find, cumin, um, turmeric, coriander powder, salt, and uh, red chili powder. Uh, and uh, sometimes uh, garam masala powder, you know, and also whole garam masala. So I, I try to start with these spices and give a recap in every cooking session and these are actually all the spices that you need for everyday cooking. And then onion, garlic, and ginger. Yes, yes, thank you. Yeah, onion, ginger, garlic. Now, onion, ginger, garlic, so in a traditional setting and the way I have grown up in my family, so we always ate with the season. So in the summer, we avoided ginger, garlic, onion, but we ate ginger, garlic, onion in the winters. So with the season, so and and, and, and and according to Ayurved, we have tamasic and satavik food. So uh, satavik would be more like plain food with less or low spices or hardly any spices and spices that help digestion and no ginger, garlic, onion. And tamasic is... Uh, you know, food that has, they are hot in nature. So ginger, garlic, onion, garam masala. We use these spices for both vegetarian and non-vegetarian food. So in tamasic food, we also list non-vegetarian food. 
Yeah. So uh, in my family, I'm, and again, food is a personal choice for everybody. So I am referring to myself. We in our family grew up eating seasonal fruits and vegetables. And the idea behind that is that with change of each season, you know, our body changes and the fruits and vegetables that are in season, you know, they help better in digestion. They are more nutritious and, and they are easy to digest, easy on stomach, also not expensive, you know. Yeah, easier to get. Yeah, and easier to get, yeah. I'm talking with Kashika Singh, senior Hindi Urdu lecturer in the Dar India Studies program at Indiana University. We're talking about her kitchen sessions with the IU Food Institute. In case you didn't catch that last part, she was talking about Ayurvedic traditions and distinguishing between tamasic foods and sattvic foods. We have a link to more information on that topic on our website, eartheats.org. Stay tuned for more of my conversation and cooking with Kashika after a short break. Kate Young, this is Earth Eats. I'm back in the kitchen with Kashika Singh. With the seasoned rice dish, the jira, already started, it was time to begin the rajma, a spicy dish made with kidney beans. Kashika started with some oil and ghee warming on the stovetop. So I'm a big fan of ghee. Okay, I'm a big fan of ghee. You don't want to cook just in ghee because then it starts burning, but ghee adds a rich flavor. So. Now, ghee also is uh, expensive. You know, so, uh, like, you know, in, in India, we make our ghee, we, we boil milk, and we have, like, a whole milk. And what we do is we boil the milk, and when it it's cools down, we, it has a cream, that, you know, and we kind of collect that for a week, you know, maybe a 10 days, depending how much milk we get from the milkman or we buy from the store. And then we collect it in the fridge, and there's a process, you know, when you make ghee, then you kind of churn it. You have a hand churner or uh, we have a mathani. It's a wooden um, churner. I mean, it's a traditional, you can find that in stores. And then we heat it on a low flame, you know. And then and it's, a, it's a process. I mean, your whole house smells like ghee. <laughs> but we have some very nice ghee options here. So. You can make it from butter also. Okay. I like ghee in everything. Like I have to have a ghee. Like it's like my soul food. <laughs> Most uh, fun part of Indian cooking is that basically for everyday cooking we have the same foundation of the spices. So what are they? Uh-huh. Cumin. Turmeric. Turmeric. Salt. 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 Coriander. Coriander powder. And red chili powder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and garam masala if you want that flavor that kind of gives a little kick. We want to make sure that the oil is hot enough so it has a certain crackling sound. Okay. So if you don't have uh, cumin, you can check with onion, and that's how you know that it's good temperature. See that sound? Yeah. 
particular cooking sound that is only particular when you when this oil is hot and you're cooking and, and to me, this is very nostalgic. <laughs> While the rice was cooking and the rajma spices were sizzling, Kashika also had bati baking in the oven. Bati is a simple unleavened bread in the shape of a ball, something between the size of a golf ball and a tennis ball. The dough is made from whole wheat flour, semolina flour, and graham flour mixed with water and salt. It's a very stiff dough, and the bread bakes directly on the oven rack. Kashika opened the oven door for everyone to take a peek. You know, I'm also making bati today, so you can come and see. It's kind of done. Yeah. So, yes. So, yes. So it's not done, but it's almost 50% done. And um, so it has to see. And, yeah. So when it is kind of changing the color and it breaks, we know that it's kind of done. And we flip it, you know, we make sure. So you have to multitask in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. So today what I did, I wanted to show you all that, what are the ingredients. We have done this in past as all together. So ginger, onion, and garlic. And, and what's the ratio? So we start with more onion then garlic and then ginger you don't want to have a lot of garlic and ginger because then it makes bitter okay. mm -hmm. i like garlic in everything so i'm going to <laughs> yeah this is about like what two spoons of garlic so the base has to be cooked. So the, the secret for any curry or any uh, sabzi is that you want to make this, you want to start this, you know, as you know, in, in like right order. You know. And uh, I'm often asked what's the ratio, what's the measurement, and in Indian cooking we have no measurement. <laughs> <laughs> so that means you have to cook it so many times that you come to your perfect taste you know. and now I'm going to add the ginger so at home I'm cooking maybe two to three times Indian food you know, and uh, like for my children I would cook at least three times but to make the prep time so in Indian cooking what's the what does take more time Sure. Prepping, yeah. So I, I I prepare this, you know, so for enough for a week, you know, and, and in the fridge. You don't want to keep it longer than a week, you know, and and so because when the vegetable is chopped, it starts, it it's, it's it kind of gets bad faster. You know, so I don't. If I know I'm going to cook it, then I'll have it. You know, so we will have enough for three or four times, and. This is the time when I'm going to add the um, turmeric. So why do we add turmeric first? Yeah, if it, it needs to cook, otherwise it has that um, taste, aftertaste, you know. And, and so we, we put it and then in my home, 
my mom you know always put the uh, added the turmeric and salt before you know with before other spices so it would cook faster also there is this belief that we don't cook the vegetable any dal or any curry without turmeric so the reason behind that is when there is a death in a hindu family i'm talking about the 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 practice that is in hindu family okay when there is a death in a family as a part of the mourning period so that usually is 12 to 13 days we do not cook so after the 12 days the 13th day we will put the kadhai this is called kadhai and so traditionally when and still this is a practice when there is a death in the family people are not cooking they are taking time to mourn and so family and friends and relatives take turns to bring meal but let's say if they are cooking if they have to cook you are not supposed to put haldi turmeric okay so haldi has lot of significance in indian tradition in indian culture it purifies it's also used in beautification you know when we get married we have a haldi ceremony where the bride is bride and the groom the like two days before a day before they have this haldi ceremony where all the family member are you know putting you know applying haldi upchan and it's 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 a part of getting ready for the wedding it's a part of all the festivities but it's also a mark where okay now you have haldi after the ceremony you are not supposed to leave the house until you get married <laughs> okay so it's kind of like okay so that is why nowadays people have started doing the ceremony a day before because you know the bride and the groom they are traveling they were going out so so as we are becoming more modern and modern as we are getting limited with the time you know our rituals our traditions our practices are becoming like like this okay how fast we can do it next she added the coriander powder and then the red pepper <laughs> and i'm going to add a little bit of kashmiri mirch and kashmiri mirch is not very hot but it gives you a beautiful color and i am always adding and i suggest when you're using tomato uh, in a any 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 dish add the pepper red pepper with tomato so it doesn't burn it cooks very nicely and also the color comes very beautiful so or or convenient okay so look this is kind of done now and now i'm going to add मिनट्स, यू कैन एड दिस एंड यू कैन 
use the canned kidney beans or you can just um, buy and then soak it and when you soak it make sure you add little bit of salt in it okay so this is going to have lot of water but we just want to cook and uh, and uh, we are making rajma today we can follow the same steps that we followed and then add garbanzo bean uh, any lentil you want with the beans added, it was all transferred to a larger pot, lots of water added, and then it was brought to a boil and cooked at high heat until the beans were fully cooked and infused with the aromatics and the spices. So I need to take that bati now because so a plate nahi. I think if one of those around. Do we need the? There's some over here. About this one. In the meantime, Kashika started taking the bati out of the oven first with her bare hands and then with a towel and hot pads. She instructed a few of her helpers to quickly crack each of the hot bati roll and then drop them into a large bowl and saturate them with ghee. They covered the bowl of bati while the rest of the meal cooked. And we want to make sure that they are covered, otherwise they become hard. Bati, you will also hear the name Litti. Mm -hmm. This one is just uh, plain, simple Bati. You can make stuffed Bati as well. Okay. If somebody can break it, like you know, crush, yeah. crush not too much. So, one by one? Yes. Thank you. It's hot. And you can take the stuff. So, what we want to do is we want to put. Uh, the like ghee in it, yeah. Can you just like break one and show No, you can, yeah. it, it will go in the bati. So yeah, I'll show one. Let me check on the rice first. Yes, okay. So uh, I think I'll show. Yes, so we, and we want to do it fairly soon. So, okay. okay. So it has to be like this. I'll put it here. So this, and then yeah. like this. Wonderful. But if you, yeah. You know, cooking seems such a fun thing when everybody's enjoying it, and um, I've enjoyed doing this series here, and uh, the enthusiasm, the love you all share, and and there's something about cooking, you know. There's a joy when you cook, 
and even more joy when people eat you know and then they say oh it's so good and you know it's so yummy and and then there's a silence and then everybody's eating you know that mm. is that is you know so thank you all for taking the time and um, come and do this as a community and uh, I, I hope that you know we can all continue doing this because um, the idea of doing this so I've always loved to integrate the cooking as a part of my curriculum uh, in language teaching because there is culture is the soul of language mm -hmm. you know and if we don't include that we are missing such a big part so careful careful um, see the rice so it has to kind of um, separate you know I mean it has the, the so ghee or oil does that you know so when it's kind of coated with the ghee or oil you know or butter it, it's, it's it cooks better and tastes better the chaotic steamy kitchen was bringing up memories of home for some of the students that day at various moments throughout the cooking process I'd overhear students talking about their mothers or grandmothers like, this is like, yeah. how <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, see what is happening to the... That is such a delightful boil. So, this is, this is boiling, right? Mm. So, there are so many ways of ex describing one's anger. So, when this is, the verb in Hindi and Urdu is... Ubalna. 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 So, obalna means to boil. And when you say somebody, why are you, like, aap kyun obal rahe hain? Aap aap itna aag babula kyun ho rahe hain? You know, so you can see, like, so angry. So we have, you know, expressions like that. But, it, no, actually, that's a beautiful way. It's having so much fun. Yes, 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 So it has to boil. and giggling boy hi smidalliji thank you so much so we will let it boil and until our rice is done yes you're listening to earth eats and we're in the kitchen at the IU food institute cooking with kashika singh after a short break we'll talk more with kashika about what inspired her to do these cooking sessions on campus. Stay tuned.
Earth Eats. This is Kate Young. We're back with Kashika Singh. We're talking about the cooking sessions she's been doing at the IU Food Institute. Once a month on a Friday, she's been teaching her Hindi-Urdu language students, and others, how to prepare home-style Indian food. I wanted to hear more from her about why she wanted to offer these workshops and what they mean to her. Food connects to, for me personally, it's something that I connect with in ways that are hard to describe at times, perhaps because I've been away from my family, from, uh, from India, and America has become my home. But when a place becomes your home, I think we still keep the things that mean a lot, you know, and I think food is one of the ways, you know, it, it's, it's it, beautiful memories, uh, nostalgia. So I think it's personal for me, but I also see the positive effects and impacts that it has made on my students. I'm personally very happy that I've been able to do this because the inception, the idea came to support students' mental health. I saw that decline in my classroom and and being a mother, I, I saw that at home, my daughter in middle school entirely did online. It affected the mental health so much and uh, and then I saw it in my students. So I, I thought something like this needs to be done where it's different, you know, and, and they also feel a sense that they are cared, they're looked after, you know, yeah. How were you noticing the mental health issues with your students? What brought it to your attention? Many ways. So they'll miss the class, or if they'll be in class, they will be very exhausted, very passive, and uh, not very engaged. And and missing class was the biggest one. And we have a attendance policy in our classroom because being present is very important in language classroom. And uh, so it affected in other ways. It started to affect my classroom, classroom enrollment, actually. Every class has a attendance policy that is aligned with the credit hours, so five, four, and three. And after missing that many classes, students fail the course. And that was another big reason for the decline in mental health, because these students were struggling. They wanted to continue in the classroom but they they were unable to do that because they had missed. So some students took it like they this, they took it as a personal failure. And I saw that. And as a as a teacher, as a language instructor, that was very uncomfortable for me. So I was just trying to experiment with ways to facilitate that. So to facilitate a connection with some students who were maybe feeling disconnected. And there are so many, so many reasons that they can feel like that. And I really appreciate the initiative that IU is taking for mental health and providing all the resources. And I think we all can do our part. Mm-hmm. And I was doing my part. Yeah. yeah. And, and students have loved it. Yeah. So how do you think bringing people together to cook together and eat together helps facilitate mental health 
or helps with mental health? Yeah, that's that's a, that's a difficult question to answer because I wish I would know how, but every time when somebody came, you know, a student or a, a member from campus faculty, there's a joy in cooking, but there is a greater joy in seeing when a, a person eats your food and then <laughs> they appreciate it, you know. The joy that, you know, that was very... I can see that, you know, like when students or anybody who's a part of those cooking sessions and they leave saying that they'll come back. They say that, you know, this was one of the highlights of their week. They they just felt that they were at home and that's all what they wanted. And when they say, I wish we could do this more or like as simple as, oh, it's such a nice way to end the Friday after a stressful week. So I think that means a lot to me. You know, I mean, I wish I could take away all their stresses and, you know, uh, create that. But they are in college. They are, they are doing a lot of other works. And, and, and stress is a part of our everyday life now. I've said this many times, uh, and I really believe that there are many, many ways we can express our love. And one of the ways to express the love is through food. In India, that's what we believe. You know, there's so many ways we express our care or love, you know. And I mean in, in a more general way, like, you know, your mom making your favorite dish or even if it is a simple dish, there's some some magic in, in the ways, you know, mothers cook, you know. Or... Um, uh, I mean, I grew up enjoying meals that were cooked with scratch, you know. And my mom was always, you know, you know, she would, she would, we were not like we did not grow up having the um, option of what would you like to have, you know. We, we, we just, you know, we, um, you know, we just ate what was cooked, you know, and we really enjoyed that, you know, and it was a very simple meal, but we enjoyed that. You said earlier, I'm not sure exactly the word you used, but you talked about it being a joy to cook for people and to have people enjoying your food, but it also you know, hosting a large group of people for food and them watching you cook, that can also be stressful and a lot of work. And, you know, you're you're on, it's, you know, it's kind of like teaching and, but it seemed like you were getting energy from it. And I don't know if I'm, I don't want to interpret how you feel, but is it sort of a mix of being stressful and exhausting, but then also feeding you in some way? I'll be honest, it is exhausting, like the whole cooking, but that is not the thing I feel, you know. I think I feel very um, enthusiastic, very energized, you know, and I feel like, oh, my God, you know, the way it affects my students, the way it affects everybody who is involved, you know, I think that energizes me. And I also feel that this is... Oh, this is not a class, but this is a window to a culture. And without these students traveling to India, they are getting a lot. 
to be able to share that it's the experience yeah. and uh, and and just the joy that i see on their faces after you know having the meal and packing a little to go box when they go <laughs> it's, and, and and then they say oh we'll come next week uh, next time again you know next month and and then also they will report to me they'll say oh you know we cook i, I cooked this i cooked this and it turned out so well you know so i think they are not there only to have a dinner uh, or a meal but some students who come they also practice you know they are making it and so that is that is one very happy positive feeling that i connect with like when i'm cooking and preparing the vegetable that is one of my most relaxed and it's it's therapeutic to me even just chopping the vegetables and putting in the plate in organized way it's a whole process for me and i think it's it's a process when we cook and how it is washed how it is chopped how fine you know is it you know everything you know so while i do that it's like for this everybody has their own thing you know and for me i think it's cooking mm-hmm. probably during pandemic i also picked on gardening mm-hmm. so <laughs> something that i observed coming to the cooking session was that like you said it was very it was an experience you know it was a very experiential on all the senses you know it's a crowded kitchen it got really hot and all these sounds and all these aromas and people talking and it just felt like a real i can't even really explain it but i felt like just sort of enveloped in all of these sensory experiences and i also observed that a lot of the students you know there was a real diverse crowd of of students who were there and not just students there were other people who had attended from community or campus and some of the students who were not from the United States or maybe have grown up in the US but maybe in an immigrant household were talking about oh this is like my mom you can't believe what my mom does you know i could hear them telling different stories about their mothers in the kitchen and i just thought that was really nice you could tell that they were really getting that sensation and they were connecting with each other over those shared experiences from their households yes yeah yeah no thank you that's exact observation i have experienced that you know we just are talking about a community about diversity about being comfortable being loved and sharing that love it might sound like oh my god how you can do that with food but i can see that and international students you know yeah, yeah. they miss they miss their home and the recipes they're very simple simple everyday food but with time and space even the simple things things become so um lavish a luxury or a special like you know the, the one of the first dish that i prepared was khichdi and khichdi is like you can add whatever you want you know if you are not in a mood of making a big meal that's what you make you know or if you are not feeling well upset stomach or you are trying to detox so many reasons but some of the international students who came and and, and they said oh you know i came because i'm missing khichdi <laughs> so what is khichdi khichdi it's basically a dish with lentils 
and uh, green mung beans, split green mung beans, and and there are varieties. Uh, you can add green, uh, split green mung beans, um, and sometimes people will add other lentils also, tuar uh, or ahar, we call it. Any vegetable you want to add, potato, carrots, tomato, anything that you have in the fridge you want to add, you can make a lighter version on your stomach, you know, just a little bit of salt and turmeric, or you can make a masala kichri, you know, and you can have it with ghee, you can have, have it sesame oil, you know, I mean, it's a preference, you know. But it's a real basic traditional dish that a lot yes, of people would yes, know. Yeah, yeah. I remember a few years ago seeing the kitchen at the IU Food Institute. It's just a small kitchen in a little house. And I remember thinking, oh, well, that's nice that they have an oven and so forth, but they won't really be able to do cooking demos because it's just not that kind of kitchen. It's just not really set up. But then seeing you do the cooking, I realized what a perfect kitchen it was, especially for the kind of cooking that you were doing, because it wasn't a show. It was a participation, and it was how crowded it got and chaotic was kind of part of the experience, and it was okay. It's such a busy space, and as you said, that it's, so much is happening there. You know, It's like India. It's like a mini India. Like, you know, in India, when you go to street, it's so busy cars and people and vendors and dogs and cows, everything you can see on the street. <laughs> so a very lively, busy scene you can see. And here in the kitchen, it's like everybody is doing their thing. You know, a group of students is talking, helping, shopping, the vegetables, steering, you know. We learn also how to navigate in that kind of atmosphere. So it's it's community building and I mean, one thing aligns with another, another thing, you know, like it's always like, oh, I'm doing everything. And then if I am doing everything becomes we are doing together everything, it just becomes so nice. Yeah. I used to teach cooking classes at a food pantry here in Bloomington. And, you know, it was about teaching simple meals you can make with whole foods and showing people how they could cook with these vegetables and whole grains and different things. And there was some point when we realized that the cooking classes, they weren't as much about learning to cook as they were about gathering together in the kitchen to do something together. And I just really got that feeling from your from your session. Yeah, thank you for noticing that and saying that because that is what I had hoped that it this would do. Food is Yes, it, it is having a meal together, but it's also a glimpse of a culture. Yeah, it's a glimpse of a culture. Yeah, I think how beautiful it is that we can have, we can enjoy a meal together without knowing that person. I really want to emphasize that diversity. This campus talks about a lot of diversity and does so many diversity events. We can embrace diversity in a very simple way as cooking, you know, because Everybody comes there, you know, we are talking, I don't know who these students are, you know, and uh, it's a safe place for everybody to come and practice and learn. And then one student would come and the next time brings four more, you know. So I, I think, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a very simple way of including, you know, very easy. 
I think it's very easy to do this. One idea could connect with so many students, so many people. And I think there's something with the food that that which you have grown with, you know. It could be a very simple thing, you know. For me, it's like even the the, the sound that is in the kitchen when I'm frying the onion or the aroma or even the spices when they are blending and there has to be a point where the oil has to be on the top of the spices and, and then you know that it's cooked now, you know, or when to add the tomato and the chili powder, you know, like those little things uh, matter a lot, you know. Everybody would say, oh, this is like, this reminded me of home. You know, I think that was very special. And I think to have that in a college campus, I think that was uh, very important. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Thank you. Thank you so much. That was Kashika Singh, senior Hindi Urdu lecturer in the Dar India Studies program at Indiana University. Her cooking sessions took place at the IU Food Institute on Park Street. Sadly, the IU Food Institute is closing its doors. But their website is still active. Hopefully, In the Kitchen with Kashika will continue in another venue. So check the Food Institute's website in the fall. We have links to all of it, plus photos of Kashika cooking, on our website, eartheats.org. Earth Eats team includes Violet Barron, Aabon Binder, Alex Chambers, Mark Chilla, Toby Foster, Abraham Hill, Daniela Richardson, Samantha Schemenauer, Peyton Whaley, and Harvest Public Media. The show is produced and edited by me, Kate Young. Special thanks this week to Kashika Singh and everyone at the IU Food Institute. Our theme music is composed by Aaron Toby and performed by Aaron and Matt Toby. Additional music on the show comes to us from Universal Production Music. Our executive producer is John Bailey.